Welcome to Life Beat. I'm your host, Chris Gast, Right to Life of Michigan's Director of Communication and Education. Joining us today is our Education and Events Coordinator, Catherine Kinsey. Catherine, welcome. Thank you. Well, uh, we get so much going on, uh, and uh, you know we have our dismemberment bills on the move. Uh, so much pro-life activity, but mm -hmm. I thought we'd just start out and talk about our oratory contest, which we doesn't get a ton of attention, but is kind of one of our more interesting events in the year. So. Yeah. Catherine is the oratory contest <laughs> coordinator, so why don't you tell people about how great it is? Yeah, it was great. It was held on April 27th in a church in Holt, and we had 15 contestants who are all winners in their local areas. So, yeah, and out of 15, you know, the first place winner was from Saginaw. His name was Calvin, and the second place was from Holland. And the third place was from Grand Rapids. So we got the whole state covered. Yeah. Um, and uh, so these students give five to seven minute speeches on a, a pro-life topic. And these are really good speeches. These mm -hmm. are, I could compete at state forensics level speeches. Yeah, yeah, they were great speeches. Yeah, it's, it's always interesting. Some of them have their routines that you, you'd see in forensics, you know, like the stage is just, sh just right. so and everything. Um, <laughs> It's really encouraging, and uh, so we've been doing this for a lot of years, and a lot of people who've done our oratory contest are in a lot of places running pro-life organizations on yeah. our board, um, causing trouble in yeah. other states. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's really encouraging. Um, so what did you think? It was your first oratory con contest, running yeah. it. No, it went, I thought it went really well and really... Every every speech was really amazing, so out of 15, it was hard to pick a favorite, but I really enjoyed all three of the, of the people who placed, and yeah, they were amazing people. So uh, it's an encouraging event to attend, but mm -hmm. if you know a high school student who wants to compete next year, we always do it in the spring, uh, just get them in touch with their local affiliates, and uh, we host quite a few local contests. Uh, you know, we had 15 finalists, yeah. so there's one near you. We've had students come down from Iron County, Michigan, up in the yeah. UP. <laughs> they probably drive down the night before because right, that's hopefully. a little too much to do. Yeah. Um, so moving on from that, uh, we've been talking a lot about our dismemberment ban, and we're going to keep talking keep a lot talking about it, you. and you're probably going to get sick of it. But just this week, we had hearings in the Michigan House. We had the second committee hearing, and then the Michigan Senate had a committee hearing. Uh, both committees uh, voted favorably on our uh, ban on dismemberment abortion. So that's now going to the Michigan House yes. and Senate, their floor. And so um, you get a final vote in each, and then it goes to the governor's desk. And Gretchen Whitmer, who is such a <laughs> interesting governor, is uh, will have to make a decision on it. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Um, it's probably encouraging that our legislative day is next week, Tuesday, in Lansing. Mm -hmm. uh, I'd like to say you can come, but we've sold it out. We've maxed out the room. Um, there's just so many pro-life people wanting to get involved lately yeah. that uh, I don't think we've ever had to turn people away. But I guess it's good. Now we do. Yeah. Uh, you can only fit so many people in a room before the fire right. marshal shuts you down. <laughs> um, 
And so hopefully the House and Senate will uh, maybe give us a nice Legislative Day surprise and pass it next yeah. week, Tuesday. Let's, yeah, that would be, that would be great. So uh, if you are uh, encouraged by it, go ahead and contact your state representative and your state senator and tell them both that you'd like to see that vote on the dismemberment ban as soon as possible. Um, it's time. Yes. We absolutely. have all these pro-life people who want to get something done. Now is the opportunity. Yes. All right. Well, one thing I thought we should uh, address is, you know, why are pro-life people so energetic lately? You know, there's been so much in the news. I tried to make a list the other day. So, <laughs> so starting out in the year, we had, well, we had the Brett Kavanaugh thing, which I think right. doesn't get talked about a lot, which is huge. A lot of people were just disgusted how mm -hmm. that was handled. And that was in September. And then you had the Covington Catholic high school kids at the March for Life. Right. Their lives were attempted to be destroyed yeah. by the mainstream media. Mm -hmm. And then you had New York. Yes. Which started a whole new... <laughs> yeah. The whole new, a whole new problem. Um, and so everyone's thinking Roe versus Wade is going to go. Uh, so you've had all these states start to pass state legislation. Mm-hmm. And then um, a couple other things. You know, we've had two pro-life movies come out um, that got a lot of attention. The first one came out before, uh, at the end of 2018, that was Gosnell, right. which talking about um, Kermit Gosnell. And then uh, we have one out still kind of in theaters now, Unplanned, yeah. the story of Abby Johnson. And Catherine hasn't seen Unplanned yet. When are you going to go see it, Catherine? <laughs> you, you busted me. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it, it's definitely been uh, a goal to, to go. So I haven't got a chance yet. Well, it, you know, and people were busting me until I saw it yesterday. Yeah, uh, yeah you were you know, late too. Well, for me, it was, you know, I read the book. Right. And I have to say, watching a movie where you, like, know or have met or have talked with the people featured yeah. and see actors play them. Yeah. It's very bizarre. <laughs> it's very bizarre. It's hard to emotionally connect with them. But I thought it was still a great movie. And, um, you know, my wife was sobbing about mm -hmm. 30 seconds in. Yeah. And um, so it's very impactful. And so uh, if you're not aware of it, it's just the story of a former Planned Parenthood clinic director who was herself post-abortive and who just came uh, as a process came about and saw her job as... Uh, you know, what she was doing is wrong and right. unjust and presiding over the deaths of tens of thousands of unborn children. Mm -hmm. And so she left and she's become a pro-life advocate. And uh, Abby Johnson's main thing is helping other uh, abortion facility workers out of the industry. Because right. uh, a lot of them are very, it's not a very nice line of work dealing mm -hmm. with the bodies of broken babies in a mm -hmm. very graphic way every day. Uh, a lot of them happen to be post-abortive, and this is sort of their way. Right. Not all of them, but this is a sort of way of justifying it. Um, and so, you know, the former plan, uh, Cecile Richards, president of Planned Parenthood, is post-abortive, you know. Right, right. So it's just a great movie. Uh, it hits you right off the bat um, with the issue. I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but, uh, you know, come prepared to see you know, sort of the reality of abortion mm -hmm. that you don't see. We, we talk a lot about abortion. We talk a lot about its impact and how abortions work and all that. But it's something entirely different to see uh, and experience 
through through the eyes of a, of a woman experiencing it, what's what's going on. Right. And so I think the movie does a really good job of showing you how... Have you ever heard of the term the banality of evil? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so if, if anyone here listening hasn't, so Hannah Arendt was a was a writer and writing about the Holocaust and um, specifically about uh, people who were involved in it. Uh, Hannah Arendt was, you know, trying to think about, you know, how can these people who seem so normal, who seem mm -hmm. so average and who seem like otherwise polite individuals, how can they just engage in such a monstrous evil and injustice? Right. How can you preside over the death of someone mm -hmm. and and just and then you just go home from your job and you have dinner with your kids and your family and life just goes on and she just had this term the banality of evil where the evil is just so monstrous that it, it, it you know it desensitizes us and it becomes like nothing right and i thought the unplanned movie really gives people kind of a picture of how that happens in, in one scene um you know they have a rough day at the abortion clinic and uh, after the day is over and they've taken the lives of about 40 human beings, mm -hmm. then uh, Abby Johnson, a uh, pregnant Abby Johnson, and her staff all get together for a baby shower and celebrate how great babies are. Right. Which is just a contradiction. It is. And you, you're looking at the movie and you just you just shake your head. But that's, 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 really, what, that's really what happens. It's yeah. uh, an evil that these people think they're doing good. And right. that's, that's what makes it all the more tragic. It's uh, not like a comic book. No. No. Well, a lot of people have seen Unplanned, and um, it's really motivated in the action because, you know, a lot of people who are pro-life, who say they're pro-life, who don't like abortion, they don't always get involved on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that's true of some people listening to this right now. Um, and then when they see abortion for the first time, it... it it sinks into them. Right. You know, the banality of evil becomes real. Right. You know, unlike other injustices, you know, we don't have the ability to have the victim speak very much. Right, right. There's, a, there's people who survived abortions. Mm -hmm. uh, the other side tries to deny that ever happens, yeah. which is very bizarre. Um, but there's just a few individuals. Um, mm -hmm. we, you know, we don't have millions of unborn children who can express their views on the topic right i mean i i, I was an unplanned pregnancy so i can now mm -hmm. but that's not really the same thing as someone who's suffered through like the holocaust or the you know the forced famine in the ukraine or the rwandan genocide who can come forward and right. tell their story and give people uh that perspective mm -hmm. so uh so many people have seen this movie and have been really energized and wanting something to do, wanting to get involved. We've had people beating our door down to volunteer and to calling us and saying, how can I get involved and what can I yeah. do? Um, you know, our legislative day, you know, we've always had a big crowd, but for the first time ever, we're telling people, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so it's good. And uh, so we've had all these string of uh, things and activities happening in this kind of crescendo um, you know, Michigan, not the best time because we don't have that pro-life governor, but we're still uh, mm -hmm. trying to take advantage of that and get some more protections for unborn children added. And then along comes these two state representatives. <laughs> so first we'll talk about this gentleman in Alabama. 
Um, we're going to focus on the one from Pennsylvania. But uh, there's a state representative in Alabama who uh, all he did was frankly express what Margaret Sanger, the founder of Planned Parenthood, had, had always believed that yeah. uh, poor people were poor because of uh, they're just destined to be poor. Mm -hmm. uh, there's not nothing they can do to really change their situation. Their life is going to be nasty, brutish, and short, and right. it's a life not worth living. Yeah. Now, Margaret Sanger wouldn't go, wouldn't have gone so far as to openly endorse abortion. You know, I'm not really sure if she is pro-abortion or not. She never really said she was. Mm -hmm. um, you could even dig up a quote where she says abortion's bad. But this representative doesn't live. Uh, right. 50, 60 years ago when abortion was widely recognized as bad, he lives today. And yeah. uh, he said, Catherine, uh, you're just going to kill, you have to kill the poor people now or you're just going to have to kill them later in jail through uh, better do abortion now so that they're not on death row or something. Yeah. It's just, it's just, I'm speechless. <laughs> <laughs> really? I can't you know. No. <laughs> it, it's so sad that people who might otherwise in other circumstances talk about how society can improve and all this and mm -hmm. how we can help people to be better versions of themselves, they honestly do in many cases believe that poor people are just doomed to be poor. Yeah. And it's better off that uh, poor people just don't have children. Right. As if that's going to somehow end poverty. Yeah, or or as if, you know, just being in poverty means it's a worthless life. Like, even if people do stay in poverty, that doesn't mean, well, you may as well kill them. So you've had an experience with this, Catherine. Right. Uh, right. Outside of our country, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. I've gone to mission trips in Kingston, Jamaica. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, I can say firsthand, you know, there were people in extreme poverty like like nothing I'd seen before and they still had lives worth living. They had joy, we would yeah, say. Definitely. You you can have joy in life in many circumstances. Um yeah. and uh you know you don't have to be a Hollywood millionaire right. with your attention all over the place, uh to have a life worth living, right? Exactly. In many cases that's not really a life that some people would want to live. And <laughs> yeah. it might not actually be a life that is as uh, is, is more worth living, right? As if we can, yeah. As if we can objectively measure and say this life is worth it and this life isn't, right? Mm. Such a horrible worldview, right? Well, uh, that gentleman uh, had some blowback, and now he's apparently running for he's going to run for Senate, I guess, on the platform <laughs> of kill the poor. Okay. Uh, kill the poor now rather than kill them later. Um, but there's another gentleman who has really set off a controversy. So uh, there's a Pennsylvania state representative. His mm -hmm. name is Brian Sims. Mm -hmm. Apparently he lives uh, either near or across the street from a Planned Parenthood abortion facility. And uh, in his telling, he just couldn't take all the mean, nasty pro-lifers out there who were screaming right. and yelling and abusing all the women going into Planned Parenthood for all the other things, um, mm -hmm. all the other great services they provide, Catherine. Right. So he took it upon himself to go out there. And uh, he is a, he's a large gentleman, apparently. He played college football um, and uh, doesn't have the uh, most polite temperament, no. we'll say. 
and he went out there and uh, basically accosted this uh, older lady mm-hmm. who was quietly praying, wasn't harassing or yelling or even holding, you know, wasn't holding right. a sign with anything controversial, wasn't doing anything, and uh, proceeded to bully her and yeah. videotape himself do it. Right, for a long amount of time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, harass her literally and bully her and then post it to social media and say look how great i am i bullied this lady (laughs) i just don't get it pro women right yeah pro woman trust women oh my god was brian sims (laughs) trusting that woman Catherine? uh no (laughs) apparently i mean uh so uh you know uh and uh it didn't go over well, as one might imagine. Um, he uh, he got some initial blowback and went onto social media and said, uh, "What did he say? Bring it, Bible bullies or yeah. something." And uh-huh. um, he got some more pushback based on that. Eventually, he tried to release a, uh, and this was all last week, wasn't it? I or was it this week? So. This week has been a long week. Yeah, <laughs> it's just been a few remember. days. Well, he released a sorry, not sorry uh, apology video where he spent about four minutes trashing pro-lifers as mean bullies. Right. And then spent the last five seconds saying, and I shouldn't have done it, I'm sorry. Or he didn't even say, I'm sorry. He said, I shouldn't have done it. I'll be better. Yeah. And that was it. No, not an apology. (laughs) No. And it gets a little worse. Apparently, this isn't the first woman he's bullied. Uh, apparently, he has put bounties out on uh, three young women right. who were also praying outside the abortion clinic, uh, hoping to publicly dox them and get them in trouble, similar to what happened to the Covington Catholic kid, yeah. Nick Sandman. Um, so trying to destroy the lives of a couple teen girls, mm-hmm. putting bounties on their heads to do it. Um, yeah. Is he trusting those women, Catherine? No, absolutely not. No. Okay. Um as a woman, Catherine, how do you feel about a uh, about a man, a, a state representative, yeah. a person of power and influence, say, putting a bounty out on you to destroy your life in a very public way? I know. It sounds like he is trying, really trying to control those actions of those women. Oh, my gosh. You're yeah. saying he's trying to control women? Yeah. But he supports Planned Parenthood. Okay, okay. we got to stop the, <laughs> or I'm going to start to get a little too sarcastic again. Let's... Focus, focus. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you're getting me going before the next right. one that's going to get me going. So uh, as we're do- recording this right now, uh, just before lunch on Friday, uh, there is an actual rally being held featuring Abby Johnson. Yeah. Of uh, Whose story is <clears throat> told and unplanned. And uh, so Lila Rose from Live Action and a slew of pro-lifers from all over have mm-hmm. descended upon... Uh, Brian Sims hunting ground, stalking grounds, I should right. say hunting. Is <laughs> hunting ground, or I just said it again. <laughs> He's a meanie. We'll just yeah. leave it at that. Uh, and uh, calling on him to resign and mm-hmm. uh, taking him to task for bragging about bullying a, yeah. a woman. Right. For the crime of silently standing, standing there and praying. Yeah. Well, uh, it's getting a lot of attention. Will he Definitely. resign? Probably not. Probably not. Do you think he'll release a video where he actually says the words, I'm sorry? I doubt it at this point. No, we can't, we can't judge yeah. an individual too much, but he doesn't seem very sorry, does he? No. No. 
In fact, I think his profile picture isn't it him, him with his middle finger stuck. Oh yeah, I don't, I don't remember. Real nice guy. Yeah. Um, so just a reminder that elections have consequences. Definitely yes. And don't vote for people like that. <laughs> Not that you would anyway, but yeah. um, that's that's that. He thought he'd get a lot of attention and a lot of accolades and be really and famous, he didn't did. he? He did. <laughs> Probably so that, not in the way he expected. But. No. And so that brings us into our next topic. So I've kind of noticed lately, um, and in some ways it can be good, but a lot of ways I think it's bad. So our modern politics, and this extends to even pro-life stuff, it's it's very hard to sit down and have a rational conversation with a person and get them to uh, agree or not agree with you. Right. It's a lot easier to run to a camera. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And throw it up on social media. Yes. And we're not entirely innocent. I right. mean, we, we put stuff on Facebook and Twitter and to be perfect and Instagram mm -hmm. and to be perfectly honest, the more controversial it is, Right. The more attention it gets. Mm -hmm. That's just a fact of life. And so there is this incentive to be very controversial. But we see this now with individuals. Like Brian Sims thought he's going to do something really ridiculous mm -hmm. and record himself. And a lot of people are think, thinking he's going to be a hero because he's taking it to the pro-lifers. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people get attention that way. And this is not good. No. It's encouraging people to be flamboyant and ridiculous. Mm -hmm. um, how do we fix it, Catherine? I don't know. We're going to solve it right yeah. now on the podcast. <laughs> We're going to fix So I think, Would you? do you think it's social media? Well, it, yeah, I think it has a lot to do with it. I mean, just the, and the, I guess, sh like short attention spans and mm -hmm. just like quick things that really catch your eye. I don't know. Right. So so we've had people, you know, have seen this unplanned. They've seen what happened to Nick Sandman. Mm -hmm. uh, they saw what happened in New York, and they want to do something now. Yes. We have to do something right now. And um, and I appreciate that because, you know, for us, it's it's hard. You know, we're, we come to the office every day. We do this mm -hmm. uh, cognizant that today 2,500 people is gonna, are going to die. Mm -hmm. right. And then the next day. And then the next day. You know, and sometimes I might drive home from work. I drive down Fulton Street, mm -hmm. uh, past the abortion facility there. People are dying in there as I'm driving by right. on my merry way back home. Um, and so one of the frustrating things being a full-time pro-lifer is the lack of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Instant gratification? Well, yeah, but uh, the lack of, um, uh, the lack of, well, this is not good. <laughs> I'm the communication <laughs> director and I'm having trouble communicating. Um, the lack of urgency, that's what I'm yeah, looking for. Yeah. Like, you know, there's going to be 2,500 people that died today. Right. Like, if you could go back in time and prevent 9-11, right. would you? I mean, hopefully. Yeah. yeah. You'd, you'd call someone, you say, hey, these people are going to do something crazy. Uh, I mean, that's a whole other thought experiment, right. but um, if you could save 2,500 lives doing something really easily, you'd do that. Mm -hmm. But we in the pro-life movement don't always do that. Mm -hmm. uh, we get complacent and we forget that this is a life and death issue. Um, 
you know, it's very interesting, just to go back to the Unplanned movie, at, at one point, um, you know, Abby Johnson quits, and then a couple days later, she walks into the office of the 40 Days for Life, the pro-life people, and says, I want to be out there, I'm getting involved. And the 40 Days for Life person is like, I don't think that's a good idea, you know, and, and I think this is, you know, we've seen this in the past too, with former abortionists and clinic mm -hmm. workers and whatnot, you know, you still have to deal with what you've done. You can't just do that. It's not going to be good for you. Right. Um, what Abby Johnson says, no, I got to do it. I have to do it. I have to do it for me. Mm -hmm. You know, and I wish we had, all had that urgency. And so it is encouraging that everyone has this urgency, but then we have this awesome. instant, immediate yeah. gratification problem. So, um, you know, we had someone call about uh, Brian Sims and wondering, what are we going to do about it in Michigan? Right. Well, he's a state representative in Pennsylvania, and there's a ton of pro-life people showing up at the facility there to protest, um, including some national figures. But there's not... Right. Anything we can do to force him to resign. Um, right. You know, it's hard to get people to understand, yes, this this guy said mean things about this lady somewhere, and that's bad, mm -hmm. but just today in your town, 40 people are going to die. Yeah. What are you doing about that? Right. It's hard to tell that to people who get emotional excited. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, this extends to other things, too. This extends to... Legislation and political action, you know, we, um, and it can cut both ways. You know, we've had times where uh, the Right to Life Michigan PAC has to pick uh, a pro-life candidate amongst a group because there's a non-pro-life candidate running and we right. don't want to get, you know, we don't want to get messed up and then end up with, oh, say like eight years of Rick Snyder yeah. holding us back. Um, but, uh, and sometimes we have to pick the candidate who has the best chance of winning, mm -hmm. which makes the most sense to try to make sure that to, to spray it to, so the vote doesn't split. But a lot of times there's that one candidate who doesn't really have a chance of winning who maybe was that pro-life warrior in the state house right. or who talks about it the most. And people mm -hmm. just want to, you know, they want to go with the most outspoken guy when from a practical standpoint, this other person is the best choice to actually end abortion. Right. And it happens with legislation. Um, sometimes, you know, people get fixated on this bill, you know, we saw it with, uh, the personhood legislation, you know, about 10, 15 years ago in Michigan, where they think that this is the silver bullet that's going to end abortion forever. And if everyone right. just gets on board with it, this is going to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, we wish it were, we that wish there were silver yeah. bullet. If there were a silver bullet in the last, you know, 46 years, yeah, we would have done it. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's not pleasant to go in to work every day. You know, watching Unplanned, you see you see an abortion performed in the course of it. It is not pleasant living in that reality. Um, right. And so uh, the sooner that we can get off of that topic, it's fine by me. Yeah. Are you So you work in the pro-life movement. Are you comfortable having abortion conversations with people? Yeah. You are? Well, I mean, it's not it's not fun. No, it's not. It's not fun. It's not pleasant. No. It, it's not excited. Do you, do, is there the hesitation? Um, yeah. I hesitate. Yeah. I plow through it because, again, I have that sense of urgency. Right. But um, there's still that hesitation. So, you know, we appreciate all the urgency. We appreciate people want to get something done immediately. But uh, in the real world, abortion is an ugly mess mm -hmm. that intersects with the world of politics and legislation. 
and uh, other priorities and families and friends right. and other relationships and uh, keep that sense of urgency, but think. Yes. Don't, don't go with what you hear on the national news or the next great controversy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Brian Sims bad, mm-hmm. abortion batter. Yeah. How can we end abortion quickly as possible? Right. And so I just encourage you, if you're out there, um, go do that. Yes. Find something to do, but make sure it's productive. Directed, yeah. Directed. Yes. That's our goal. It's not to make a great name for ourselves. It's to end abortion. Mm-hmm. All right. That's all the time we have for this edition of Life Beat. Join us again in two weeks. Uh, on Thursday, we'll do a special Memorial Day weekend of Life Beat, hopefully with some great news about our dismemberment band. Yeah. Have a wonderful weekend.